Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And I'm joined by Sarah Merrill Hall of Big Kid Problems. You're hilarious. I have had a perusal of your account. It made me laugh out loud. And you have my sense of humor. And you've just started a podcast, Bottle Service. I love it. So welcome to the show. Oh, Caroline, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm a fan, so I'm actually very honored to be here. Thank you. I mean, I think anyone, I mean, you remind me of me as well. Anyone that takes on big issues and laughs all the way through them, I think is my kind of girl. And I think it's so important to laugh through tough times because humor can get you through absolutely anything. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Life is a giant shit show. So if we're not laughing about it, you know, it laughs at us. I think that's key. I think to remember in life, ladies, I think we're all control freaks. Everyone likes things perfect. I have absolute mental breakdowns. If I don't get everything perfect in my house, I've just had a whole Wi-Fi breakdown. But you can't control everything. And learning to let go is one of the key factors, I think. And I, I see you do a lot of mental health and anxiety in women and things like this. And we, we today, we just went, had a quick chat before we started this and decided that we were going to do, and I've never done it before, but postpartum because you have your podcast bottle service. And it's actually something that I've never broached because I don't know if I had post postpartum, but I do know that a lot of women suffer in their relationships during childbirth, pregnancy, rearing, and a lot of marriages do end then. So I would love to uh, sort of delve deeper into this with you and sort of understand a little bit more what maybe women go through at this time <sighs> and why it leads to so many breakups. Oh, I, I fully believe it. I mean, my experience and I'm fresh, guys, like I just had a baby about a year ago, went through pregnancy, had a rough pregnancy, had a rough birth. I've really loved motherhood, but oh, my God, it is, I think the hardest thing I've ever gone through is this giant life transition of bringing a baby into the world, you know, having to kind of change your life, having everything change your identity, all the stuff that comes with it. I, I definitely think this is probably one of the hardest chapters that I've had in my life. I mean, it's also like incredibly rewarding and all of the good things, but wow, having a baby will really shake some shit up. 
So I, I hear that, you know, I, this, and I, I totally believe that this is, can, can be one of the most challenging times in a relationship because just everything is just, you know, kind of a, there's upheaval everywhere. I know like in my personal relationship, I've been with my partner for 10 years, well, coming up on 10 years. And we're we're like rock solid. We're really, really good. We've like we're we're one of those weird couples that like barely ever fights, you know, we're just kind of like very chill people and we like laugh about everything. And after having a baby, like even we were at each other's throats for a while, you know, it is tough. There's a lot of layers there, but I think, you know, you add in like sleep deprivation, you add like a lot of the, I know for me, like a lot of the body stuff, like not feeling totally comfortable in my own skin. It affects your sex life. It affects all kinds of things in a relationship. So like I, I've heard that, you know, that this can, this can really kind of be a nail in a coffin in a relationship. And, and I totally understand why. I think, you know, if I look back now, I think, you know, when you're in your twenties, you sort of have this perfect image of what married life and having children is going to be because you're on this roller coaster. I've always said of what society tells you you should do. And so, you know, and all your friends are having babies and it's like, a, you know, get married, have a baby and all of this kind of stuff. And, you know, you're not prepared really. I was a businesswoman first and then, you know, suddenly I had to have babies and it's not that I didn't want babies. I just never really... I just didn't get that maternal sort of, you know, aha moment when they came out. And I was like, you know, it wasn't like I got to hospital and the baby was handed to me. And I was like, oh, my God, this is my life's mission. This is everything I want in life. I was like, what the fuck do I do now? And I, I remember <laughs> handing the baby back and going, I'm going to sleep. And, you know, I was exhausted from the birth. And then I was thinking to myself, shit, I'm a horrible person. But I just didn't get that rush of sort of overwhelming, like, this is my purpose in life. Totally. And that's that's what I found is is actually pretty normal and something a lot of people don't talk about. And there's a lot. I mean, there's so many things throughout pregnancy. And once the baby gets here that I've, I've felt that that's true, like whatever society paints this like beautiful, lovely picture of motherhood. And we're like strolling through a meadow, you know, and matching outfits like that is not how it is. And, and I feel like Caroline, you're probably like me. Like I, I loved my life pre babies. Having kids was something I, I wanted to do. I was also always really curious, you know, about having kids, but I was also like, if it doesn't happen, like I'm going to keep, you know, I'm going to keep on moving. <laughs> like, like I, I, I worked really hard to get where I was in life. Like I also had like a pretty awesome career and was traveling and was really, really happy in all areas of my life. And so when a baby comes, a lot of that, you know, has to shift and you kind of have to like find your footing and like renegotiate a lot of things that are going well in your life. And like, it's hard. It's really, it's really, really tough. It can be, and especially like, especially that first year, you know, I'm just kind of coming out of the first year. I'm finally kind of like at the light of the end of that tunnel situation where I'm starting to get like, my own life back and starting to feel a little bit like how I felt pre-baby. But I, I don't think it ever goes back. You know, I don't think you ever kind of go back to that person that you were before having kids. Did you feel that way? No, I was such a boss bitch. Like I was, you know, growing my business and, you know, I had whatever 70 something people working for me. And that was my life. Like I lived in an office. Like I could not wait to get up in the morning 
have my coffee, get in the back of my like Range Rover, driven by my chauffeur, taken to my office. And I was on this rat race of like, I am the shit. I really believed it, by the way. And so, you know, babies, it was like, and I, I, I think in a way I did the whole baby thing as well, because it's like, that's what you do. If you're successful, you run a business, you have a marriage, you have the big, you know, the big house and, and, you know, you run the company and you pop out some kids and they make it look so easy. And, you know, I just wanted to do and achieve everything that society told me I should have by that age. But if I really look deep inside, was it really what I wanted? You know, probably not. Like, do I, do, do I, would I have had three children? No. Do I regret it now? Absolutely fucking not. I love my kids. You know, they're amazing. But like, you know, it is fucking hard work. And whoever tells you it gets easier is lying. They are lying. It gets worse. It gets harder no, and harder. Uh, don't tell me that. Sorry, of course it does. They're three humans that want completely different things. Even if they're like, I've got twins, they still don't want to do anything with each other. I'm about to go on the most expensive holidays of my life because three of them need to go to three different places. And then it's five flights before I've gone anywhere. I'm like, I am like... I don't know how I'm not sitting on the street shaking, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I, I, I get it. And I'm, I'm like even nervous. I think about, I have one and I'm like so overwhelmed and I'm like, oh my God, we, we do want a second baby, you know, and thinking about having multiples is, is terrifying, a little terrifying. Consider this podcast, your form of contraception. After this, if you still <laughs> want more children, we'll talk. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm curious for you. Okay, so you obviously have this amazing life. You're, you're being a boss bitch, getting chauffeured in a Range Rover. P.S. Like adding all of this to my vision board moving forward. But when your relationship, I know you you mentioned th this can be tough for relationships. Did you experience that? Like once yes. baby was here, did it kind of cause a rift with you guys? Weirdly, it was funny because I'd never even really thought about po postpartum because I don't, you know, I always think you'd have to be shaking in a room and sort of depressed. And I don't think I was depressed. I was over overwhelmed. It was a t really tough part in my company's time at the time where it was in a, a middle of a re-raise. I had board members that didn't like each other. Then I had babies. So, you know, I just finished IVF too. So I really can, you can imagine, you never really have time to settle. You've got hormones all over the place. Then you're pregnant. Then you've got all this going on. And I think actually, I remember, I think I got on a plane straight after my babies at three months, left them all and went dancing in Sardinia and looking back that might have been post postpartum <laughs> like I went crazy absolutely fucking nuts and now I laugh about it because I really didn't recognize it but I actually think that's what happens because you're like fuck this shit who am I you know and and it's also I think when you've had, I mean, two at once as well, you lose what I consider all types of dignity. I'm British, so I don't like people seeing me naked anyway, but suddenly that's just the normal. Your father-in-law walks in when you've got, you know, babies stick to, stuck to your nipples. No one says sorry for barging through the door when you're on the loo or you've got, as I said, feeding babies or, you know, you're used to doctors coming into the, 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 the ward and putting their fists up your nunny to see how far you know what I mean like like one more person shoved their arm up my vagina I was like okay you know at that point you kind of just lose this sort of you give into it 
And then I think you're just so tired. You give in to everybody sort of seeing you in this way and you haven't had your hair done because everyone tells you can't dye your hair and all this rubbish. You just, nails haven't been done because you can't do your nails. And by the time I did get to a nail shop, you know, I was being called back by someone to come because the baby's hungry. So yes, I think it did. And I, you know, I resented it. And I think I resented him as well, everybody around me. I think resentment is kind of what it all comes down to. I mean, if you think about it, we're doing all the work, yeah. you know, like we are doing everything. And even before the baby gets here, like we've been doing the work for, you know, 40 weeks, almost 10 months of, at least for me, my pregnancy was rough. Like I was sick the whole time. It affected my work It affected everything I was doing. So I was already a little resentful, you know, me the too. day that baby got there. I was like, I've already been like carrying everything. My husband's like living his life. Like nothing yeah. has changed. I had preeclampsia. So I almost died. So I was in, I was lying on my back in the hospital for two months, like literally staring at the ceiling going, what the fuck? I should not be here right now. Oh, wow. That was after, before you gave birth or yeah, after you gave before. birth? Before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, insane, insanity. And then after, so after two months of being in the hospital, like laying down, like you have to, then you're handed the baby, then the real work starts. And that's when shit gets actually really crazy. And, and, and women have to deal with so much stuff that the guy just doesn't, you know, like for me, a big problem was, and I hate to say this out loud because it's one of those things we're like not supposed to talk about, but just not recognizing my own body was like a really big mind fuck for me. Like I, you know, like having to wear a diaper and looking at my body in the mirror and being like 40 pounds, you know, overweight. Like I've, I've never... I had never, I'm usually kind of somebody who's like been kind of the same size my whole life. Like I work out, I eat well, and then all of a sudden I'm 40 pounds heavier. The weight just wasn't coming off for the longest time. I feel like even in society, one of the weird things I noticed, I was like, when at least when I'm pregnant, people know that I'm pregnant. But when you're postpartum and you're walking around, you don't have that belly. I'm like, I just like wanted to tell people like, hey, this isn't what I normally look like. Like I'm you know, I just had a baby. I wanted to make a shirt that said like, I just had a baby on it and wear it everywhere because it was frustrating. I'm like, I feel like, you know, my place in society is different. Like I'm not getting the looks on the street that I used to from even like people, you know, it was just, there's such a mind fuck that goes with it. And like the men have no idea what that's like. They have no idea to have your boobs, you know, not be yours anymore or to be like the main I think a big thing too is just being the mom and having like the mental load of motherhood like having to at least in my relationship like I felt like I was calling all the shots like my husband would just be like oh okay he's not he's not eating like what do we do what do we do I'm like I don't know man we're in this together (laughs) we started this job on the same day I don't have all the answers but I feel like as the mom you're kind of like the person that's supposed to have all the answers. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of it's a lot of shit. So when you said resentments, I'm like, oh my God, that is totally, totally it. That there's so much. So let's take a little break and discuss. Well, I'm really excited about this actually, because it's one of my lifelong fascinations. And I think most women's fascinations, there's no secret that I love diamonds and fine jewelry. I always enjoyed designing it wearing it, being given it. And I've recently discovered for the first time there are natural diamonds from the Natural Diamond Council. And let me tell you, they're simply the best and here's why. Natural diamonds are not just stunning. They're changing lives. 
you've heard it right. These are over a billion years old and more than just sparkly, you know, jewelry. They're connected to 10 million people worldwide, from Canada to Africa to Australia. Natural diamond industry is creating opportunities, building schools and providing vital health care to remote communities. Here's something truly remarkable. Did you know that natural diamond actually help save endangered species like the African elephant from extinction. By choosing a natural diamond, you're protecting land larger than the size of Paris, London, New York combined. Talk about making a difference today. But it's not just about the world at large. It's about the emotional value a natural diamond holds. Natural diamonds are timeless. They're luxury crafted by nature itself. Each one tells a unique story of love, commitment, and celebration and spans generations. All my jewelry is for my children. I intend to hand all of it down to my sons and my daughters for their future wives, etc. And everyone that I've received has a special meaning to me. Whether it's getting engaged, whether it's a wedding treat, push present. I've got beautiful push presents for all my children. Anniversaries. Everyone marks a unique point in your life. So let's embrace these breathtaking gems as part of our everyday life because natural diamonds are more than just precious stones and symbols of compassion and endurance and beauty and they truly make a difference in the world. So what's not to love? Discover so many more natural diamond truths at naturaldiamonds.com forward slash thank you. Let's get back to the show. Hi, I'm Mari Llewellyn and I'm the host of the Pursuit of Wellness podcast. A couple of years ago, I went through a huge transformation. And although I got a lot of attention for losing weight and discovering my passion for weightlifting, there was a lot more to that before and after than what a few pics could ever capture. On the Pursuit of Wellness, you can expect tons of information from experts about optimizing your body and mind. I'll also be sharing some triumphs and struggles from my own personal life. I'm on this journey with you, so you can definitely count on my podcast to give you that weekly dose of encouragement we all need as we pursue things that make us feel our very best inside and out. Tune into the Pursuit of Wellness every week wherever you listen to podcasts. I think also there's two things like the, if you see some, I've got a lot of friends, you see that ones that just got their bodies back and that's when we all go crazy because one, you know, one wolf whistle from a builder and you're like, woohoo, I'm back. <laughs> and, you know, I think that's when the slippery slope, that's because you start getting male attention again. It's not your husband. You're feeling sexy again and it can just, you know, knock you off because obviously your husband, he, you're the mother of his child. So he loves you any which way. And it's like, it's just not the same attention. And I think there are things like you're absolutely right. You know, we've hired the night nurse that the mother-in-law turns up the whole fucking time to tell you what you're doing wrong, not right. Everything is just up to you. And they get to walk in at six o'clock, even though I have an office too, and try playing airplane for half an hour, you know, <laughs> and, and like I, I ended up trying to get, to, I ended up going back to work really fucking fast just because I could not shake a rattle. I went straight back to work and then, you know, literally had my babies brought to, you know, my office when, if needed to like feed them, but I didn't have enough milk anyway. I wasn't producing enough. So they were already on the bottle. And at that point I was like, a happy mom is going to be better than one that is like literally tearing her fucking hair out because 
I never enjoyed meal times. I hated the tambourine party, you know, playgroup things, which, you know, invariably, as I've said before, your children sleep through and you're ending up playing the tambourine with six other <laughs> women. And it's like, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. It's actually ridiculous if you think about it. Oh, <laughs> you know, it 100%. Is. 100%. And you're right. Like, uh, I, I almost feel like maybe going back to work early was probably smart. For me, I work from home and and my husband makes more money than me. So it was like he his career took precedent over mine because somebody had to be home with the baby. And and that was really frustrating. I mean, going back to like resentments and stuff, I was like, I'm fully putting my career on hold. And it was hard. I mean, I, I waited a while to get help, which I for some reason, I didn't feel like I'm like, well, I'm home, so I should just be taking care of the baby and not realizing like, oh, no, actually having another set of hands around here will really, really help me out, will really help things move along. You need to have sleep. And it's not about not loving your baby or anything like that. I think what it is, it's just genuinely getting out and being you for a minute. I always say selfish is the new black. And I'm like, I, I tell new mothers, as soon as you fucking can, get on a plane with your husband, don't do what I did without my husband, with your husband, leave the baby and go and have a fucking reconnection holiday. Because invariably at the end of pregnancy, you don't want him to touch you, you know, for quite a long time in pregnancy, the end of pregnancy. So, you know, you you kind of lose that connection. Then it becomes all business. Then the baby comes, they take all your attention and then, and then you're exhausted by the time nobody wants to have sex. So I suggest any marriage to reconnect to like, I know it's hard because mothers think they're the worst mothers in the world, but babies don't remember. I don't remember where, who changed my nappy. No one does go and have that bloody holiday and reconnect because I think that that will bring you back to being a woman and not just this sort of birth. Oh, I'm actually, I'm right there with you on the like travel, get away. Get it, just get away. And it's hard. I mean, when, especially when you, in the early, early days when you first have a baby, I felt like such extreme guilt, even like going shopping by myself for an hour or going to a workout class. I was like, oh, my God, I, I, I feel weird leaving my baby. As soon as I got over that, as soon as I started getting out a little bit and like having time to myself, I realized how important it was. And, and it is like you really do need to kind of connect back to yourself. You need time away. And I think it's it's so crucial, especially. Yeah, especially with your husband, <laughs> I think is also is also key. And it's hard. It's easier said than done. <laughs> I want to go. I went on a massive girls trip. Maybe not the best to do. I mean, hence I'm divorced. But <laughs> I'm happily divorced, and I'm I'm good. And actually, my husband, my ex husband, and I are actually really, really good at business, which is our children. And that is something that we are able to do, which maybe we didn't communicate this way when we were married. And I think, you know, running a family when you've got as many children as I do and businesses and he now he does respect my hustle as much as I respect his business that, you know, we now have a system going. And the great thing about my relationship with Sergio is that we don't have that component. Sergio is me and him. Obviously, he lives with my kids and me, so he has parts of my kids, but the, 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 the rough aspect, the, the aspects of school uniforms, doctor's appointments, hair appointments, all this stuff collecting them from here or there or summer camp. This is all, you know, the stuff I have to do with their father. We, we're now going on holiday, me and Sergio with the kids. We get July, my ex gets August, which is, I never thought I would be, you know, 
happy to have some time off, like proper time off. But like, I love it. I, you know, we get to go for, for July with the kids and we have a really nice time. And then it's like literally the 25th comes and we're like, see you. And we <laughs> pop them on a plane and off they go. And, you know, and we're like, we're like, woohoo. You know, we've got a whole month. To yeah. Ourselves. I mean, the best of both worlds, you know, you get a little, little, little bit of A, a little bit of B. I mean, that's huge. You bring up a good point, though. I think once a baby comes and you mentioned it's kind of like almost like running a business. And it is like I feel like that's been an aspect of my relationship that has changed a lot. We've had to get a lot better at like communicating very directly and having like almost a schedule in place where it's like, okay, I'm going to wake up with the baby from this hour to this hour and anything after, you know, 4 a.m. is on you. We've had to put parameters in place to like basically save our relationship and keep keep us both functioning in a way that makes this challenging period in our lives a little bit easier. So I think it can be done. And I think where a lot of relationships get in trouble is when you don't have those honest conversations, when the mom is taking on all of all of the important shit, because a lot of the times moms do that. We're like, we see the husband, you know, like changing the diaper wrong. And we're like, oh, I'll just do it. I'll just do it. And the next thing you know, you're the only one changing diapers in the house. Like I see that happen with my friends a lot. And it's something I've been like really, really conscious of with my relationship and with our baby is I'm like, I I want this to be, this is both of us. It's not just me. It's both of us have to be hands in, like being partners in in this responsibility. It is. It is. And, you know, I mean, I'm getting to the end of a minor 13 and 17, you know, so mine, I'm in a great stage and it's like, but I think that is the key to keeping your relationship together. And I, again, I'm not, you know, look, this is working for me because I was unhappy in the end. And I think I'd lost communication a long time before. It's not just down to that. It's just, I watched it slip away easier because he was traveling so much and we just stopped talking, I think. But if you're in a situation where, you know, you live together still and you're together as a, all the time, other than when he goes to the office, you know, you're in a situation where I think you can keep everything as is if you take it on as a business. If you do split the split the jobs and the chores, because they are, you know, nobody loves feeding a baby. They don't. It takes hours. It takes concentration. They do for a week. But by week, you know by year one, you're like, okay, I'm over this. You know, they're normally wearing the food. So it's understanding that, you know, roles need to change. You know, as a new mother, you might love to do it for the first two weeks, but by the third, you may not. And him being able to pick that up and understanding that, you know, tonight's his night and, you know, he can't go and play poker because he's got to, you know, change nappies and wash the baby because you need that time off. It's so important. And it's so, it's so really does matter. To people. And I think the old way of being a mother has been depicted where we do just do everything. But it's down to, by the way, that even hiring staff, if you've got someone that you need, if you have a, a maternity nurse or a nanny, I don't know, you know, the responsibility of finding that person and doing all that, that needs to be shared. It's exhausting. All of these things need to be thought of. Building a nursery, the woman always does it, finding the bloody bugaboo, you know, all of this stuff. 
building the room. It should be a shared experience. Yeah, and that is the thing. You're and you're so right. I mean, it's just it's how things have always been done, you know. And I think a lot of men just kind of maybe it's what they saw in their own house with their own moms. Moms take on a lot of the responsibility or how things have traditionally gone. And I think like we're at a point in our life in our society where it's time to like shake that shit up. And and you bring up something that's so interesting and something that I have noticed in this postpartum period. And it's like very hard to explain, but it is like this secret. There's a lot of little things that moms do that are just like so underrated and aren't just appreciated for the time consuming shit that they are. Like you mentioned, like, you know, having to book the nannies or schedule the doctor's appointment. That shit takes time. The house, pureeing their food, pureeing the food, three meals a day, buying in or reordering all the nappies. How, how are the windows cleaned? How does your dry cleaning come back? That's on top of the baby stuff. Like I, they used to say, come home and say, you're doing, you've done nothing. And I'm like, look at the garden, look at the windows. Oh, here are all your suits. <laughs> There's your food for dinner. There's my staff. Here's my thing. And I've been to work. Yeah. Right. And I've done your job. I've been to a bloody office. Ugh. Yet I've organized all yeah, of this. Yeah. A lot of it is so unseen. You know, it is one that I was realizing the other day. I'm like, this is an unseen chore that like people don't appreciate is being the one that's always feeding the baby. Like we go out to restaurants and I'm the one like cutting up the food and serving him and everybody's like done with their meal. But by the time I've had like two bites of mine and I'm like, why is this always why is this my job? Nobody enjoys feeding babies. It's meant to be fun and playing airplane looks fun. But trust me, ladies, it's not really fun. <laughs> it's just not because invariably half the food ends up on you. They don't want something. Start crying. They won't eat. They shake their heads. It's just it's not fun. It's just it, I, I, I'm sorry. I know I'm not meant to say it. I know I, I hear myself. Oh, no, me. no. I mean, it was it's fun for like the first time they're trying a new food. But then when you're at a restaurant and they're like, my son does this new thing where he's he's very strong for like a one year old. And he likes to likes to just if I'm not looking for a split second, he takes all of his food, like if it's a plate or whatever it is, and tries to chuck it across the, the restaurant. Like that's not fun. That's not an ideal dining experience. The husband always ducks and the rest of the people <laughs> around you look at you like you are the worst mother ever allowing your child to behave so badly when he's a toddler. And what are you meant to do? The worst. I'm no interest. And so I never really wanted to take my kids out to restaurants because it was just such a bloody nightmare. Not to mention I had twins. So by the time I got two, two babies into a stroller, put the bags, pack the nappy, pack the milk, put the bags underneath. I was so bloody tired. I didn't want to go to the front door anymore. <laughs> yeah. I honestly, I'm very impressed. Anybody who has twins, I'm just like, wow, you're a saint because I, I'm trying to do all this with one and I, I, it's, it's hard. And especially like, yeah, even going out and having to look at both of them. Like if you, you're looking at one, the other one's doing something crazy. I, yeah. But you bring up a good point too, is just like people look to the mom. Like if something's going wrong, people are like, you know, judging you. I, I feel like I take on a lot more judgment and a lot more responsibility. My husband can do the very bare minimum and people are like, wow, you're so lucky that you have a dad that shows up and, you know, buckles him in the car seat for you. I'm like, really though? Irritating as fuck. 
And they take yeah. all the credit and you've spent the whole day and they've walked in for five minutes. Absolutely. It's a really difficult one. And, and I think that resentment, just even that can be so hard because you're so exhausted that you're snappy as well. If he's been away or he's had a day out, you've got nothing to say. You're exhausted. You just want to fling the baby at him. He gets irritated. And that's, you know, that's where it becomes a very difficult, slippery slope. It's easy to say from here, split the work, do this, you know, have better communication. Absolutely. But I mean, in theory, you know, I get that he's just come home from the office too and he's exhausted. So mentally on both of you, it's a very, very, very difficult time. And I always say to people, you know, that babies do not fix marriages. <laughs> so, you know, you need to make sure that you are strong to the Whoever core. says babies fix marriages has never met a baby. That is, it is it is definitely it's a challenging thing. But also, I mean, I will say on the flip side, if you can do this together, like it it can, I think, make your relationship a lot stronger. Like I I thought we were rock solid before having a baby. Now, after getting through this first year, after being in the trenches together, after having to make a lot of adjustments in our relationship, having to have a lot of honest conversations, having to have a, a couple screaming matches and like really kind of get our shit together, I do feel like my relationship is a lot stronger than it was. And I feel like, oh my God, if we can get through, you know, this crazy time of life, like maybe we can, you know, go the distance. We can get through a lot of other challenging shit. So as hard as it is, I do like to like lead with a little bit of positivity and and being like, if you can kind of navigate this properly together, it, it can, it can, you know, be good for a relationship. I agree. I mean, I've, I've seen good and bad. So for me, you know, I, I mean, I went on for quite a long time. I didn't get divorced straight away. I just think that it just got harder and harder for us. My ex-husband was an amazing father, don't get me wrong. And he was there all through my hospital stay when I was, he stayed every night with me. So he, he's a very good man. I think that it was just my stress, his stress, you know, nobody prepares you or tells you the truth, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's the truth today. And I think that the truth is that if you have a solid foundation and you are communicating, you can get through this. It's something magical about creating a, a human together. And, you know, the, the bad bits are funny too, you know, and I'm going through this now with my, my new husband, who's dying to have a baby with me. And, you know, whether I would do this again on the, uh, on the flip side, one baby is a walk in the park, I think, compared to what I've just been through, which is three, mm. but you know, mine are just, you know, at the stage where now they're looking at university and all of this stuff. So I'm kind of excited about, you know, getting, getting my life back with him too. So I don't, I don't know. It's a tough one, but I do think I would always err on the side of having a child, by the way. And I've always said to him, I would hate for him to miss out on having a baby because he chose to marry someone like myself, who's so much older. And I do think that, you know, if you can get through it and you have this communication that it, it is bonding for life. Like, you know, my parents are still married very happily, you know, his parents are married and there are great role models who still have wonderful lives and go on to uni have university tours with their kids and the kids are all growing up and they have their grandchildren. I love that. And I wish I had that. I do wish I had that. But I do. I think my point is postpartum wise, I do understand why it goes wrong so For often. Sure.
How has it been? I'm curious for you, because now you're kind of in this new phase of life with co-parenting with your ex-husband. Like, do you feel like that you guys are you, you do still have this bond that you've created these children together? Like, has it been hard? Has it been easy? Like, I, I look at my own parents, my own my own mom and dad were not great married, but were like incredible co-parents. Like they're kind of like besties to this day, even though we're all, all our, their kids are grown. We're not besties, <laughs> but you know, I think the anger has gone. You know, I think that my ex, you know, he appreciates what I do and, you know, and sees what I do. So even through the tough bits and there, you know, with any divorce, you know, it's never going to be a walk in the park. Some days are good. Some days just aren't you know, and it depends where they, they are in their lives, right. And where you are in yours. But I do think that we are able to put everything aside. Like we can have a all out brawl about something and then it'll be my son's birthday or, you know, something we have to go to and we'll both show up and it will, they will never know. And I think I, you know, I think that's a superpower. I think I'm really proud of myself for that. Like, you know, there are times that I just don't want to go and I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? I'm going to literally thump him and then I'll get there and, you know, he'll do something sweet. Like, I don't know, like my kids dropped a sweet in the middle of like a, a service and he picked it up and brought it over to give to me, said I had one. And then I'm like, okay, he's a good, he's a great guy and he's still a great guy and he'll always be you know, a great co-parent with me. And he'll, he's never going to let me down is my point. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm always going to be the mother of his children and I'm always going to be in his life. And I think he's made peace with that. You know, no matter what happens, I'm not going anywhere. And that's, you know, the, the beauty of being divorced versus a breakup, right? With somebody that's single, you have to get used to when you're divorced that that person, he'll probably be there when I die, right? That's the truth with my new husband. <laughs> Did they get along your... New husband versus ex-husband? I mean, they're fine. They can go for dinner together. They can, we, 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 he came to the party that we just threw for my sons and, you know, they get on fine. They coexist. Are they going to go out for a beer together? No. I mean, I'd like to get to a point, you know, that we can all go on holiday together for our summer holidays because this two holiday thing is ridiculous, <laughs> you know, because I have to do some really expensive holiday because my daughter wants to go somewhere insane with her friends and then he has to do the same. If we could have one giant holiday and all go together, which I hope to get to, and if he gets remarried, then I think that we could get there. I understand right now why maybe he doesn't want to do that. Like I invited him to Disney World in November, and that was a firm no, because I didn't want him to miss out on that, because I think that that will be so much fun for the kids, right? But I understand why he doesn't want to go too. So, you know, look, it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress, but I'm really, really, really proud of myself for you know, being there. And, and, and by the way, it tends to be that one person is angry on one day and the other person is angry on another and time heals everything. I would like to say to anyone going through it right now, time really does heal anything. And I think today, you know, the good thing is back in the day when we were, well, our parents wanted to get divorced, it was so shocking. Now everybody gets divorced for every, a, t a ton of different reasons, right? So you don't have to feel bad anymore. If, if, if you want to you know, you don't have to feel bad for wanting a life change. You don't have to feel bad for anywhere in your life you are. I love my married friends. I love my unmarried friends. I love my divorced friends who've remarried. You know, a lot of people get remarried. You know, I think the world has just opened itself up to so many different options, which is amazing. There's nothing to feel bad about anything. 
or to feel shame about anymore. And I think that's a great thing. And I think the pressure that women put themselves on after babies to be perfect again, that's all gone. I don't, you know, it, I think that should be blown out of the, the water because it, there's no shame in anything anymore. As someone will have always done something worse or look worse than you or be, you know, behave worse than you. And I've always realized that no matter how bad I, I think I've been in life, there's someone worse. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. And hey, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at your situation and I'm like, you know who's got this pretty good? Your kids. <laughs> they get two holidays. They get all kinds of stuff. Like that's, that's kind of nice. Yeah. I mean, you know, both ways. Like would they prefer to be asked to be still married? Of course they would. But, you know, it does. It actually now has got to a place where I think they miss the family holiday, but the rest of it, they kind of like having one on one time with each of us. And I think there's pros and cons to anything. If you're happily married, which, it, you know, amazingly, like a lot of people are and you as you can keep the communication going, then, you know, children are happy. And of course, you should keep the home always secure and together. And that should be your priority. But the moment that you're not, I think the the fact is just to tell women who have put themselves in this sort of, you know, pressure cooker of like, well, I've had a child and I have to wait till they're like, you know, they've moved out and gone to university before I like make myself happy. I want to say that's rubbish. I think if you're happy at home, stay at home. If you're not happy at home, move. And that is, you know, that is a yeah, fact. Yeah, 100%. And you're, and you're so right. The pressure is there. I mean, I can speak from just having like a new baby. I'm like, wow, I will do everything to like keep this family together and you know give him the, the childhood and upbringing that I you know I I quote unquote think is perfect for him but I mean I've, I've witnessed that at least in my own my, my own parents relationship like when it's not when it's not working and when uh, when the parents are unhappy it really does affect the kids at the end of the day like my parents were in such better shape like once they were divorced and were co-parenting and friends and they got into their own relationships i think that was like a big crucial turning point too and maybe maybe how you get to those shared holidays one day is when you both are in happy relationships i feel like that's like a whole new stage um that makes things so much better I think, you know, you, you mentioned that you felt a little bit of resentment that he got to continue his life and that you, you know, were stuck at home doing everything for the baby. Well, yes and no, because you took life into your own hands and you started, you know, your podcast and, you know, you, you blew up on Instagram and people always laugh that what we do is, you know, superficial and ridiculous and not, not really a business, but it's a bloody business. And, you know, we're not doing this because, you know, we, not only is it a business, but we help so many people and you should be so proud of yourself to, because a lot of women don't get to where you are. You know, I have the platform of TV. You exploded just off your advice to women, which means you're helping so many people. And that in itself is to be admired because that is getting off your ass and making something of the circumstance that you have now found yourself in. <sighs> well, right? thank you. And a hundred percent. I mean, that is and that is something that I what I wanted to do with this podcast is like I really wanted to make it for myself. Like, I'm like, what, what do I want to hear? What do I want people talking about? Like, I really wanted to talk about the shit that nobody was talking about. I mean, not only just in postpartum, but back in pregnancy because pregnancy was not a walk in the park. And I think that's why a lot of people have connected with it is they're listening to the show. It's like, it's like talking to a friend that's actually giving you like the real shit and all the, <laughs> the good, but also the bad, also the ugly, also the, the shit that like, 
you don't really want to say out loud. And and that is kind of the feedback that I've gotten is a lot of women are in the same position that I am or they're at home watching the baby all day and they get to listen to this podcast and feel like they're not alone or they're not the only one that's like isolated or going through this like really weird transitional phase in life that it they 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 feel connected and they feel like they're not the only ones and that's kind of that's really what I wanted to do with the show and I am really happy to hear that it is helping people I mean that like that gives me such a sense of purpose because for a while there I was recording this I was like is anybody even gonna listen you know I'm I'm kind of doing all this work and 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 the back end and I didn't know if anyone was gonna respond to it and the fact that people have found it and are are really resonating has just like made me feel better and made me you know feel like I have a purpose outside of just being a mom because especially in the early days it can really feel like your your only identity is being a mom you do. I think, you know, for me, exactly the same with Divorce Not Dead, you know, and I'm recognized probably more for my podcast than anything now. And, you know, so keep going. And I think, you know, I think women will love this. And I think, you know, it's an amazing message, just as I think we're all on the same journey. And actually, the more we all talk like this, the more we are breaking down societal rules and what how things are seen because it's not like that anymore because the more we actually talk to our friends and the people out there, you understand that those are antiquated old ways of thinking. So thank you for joining me today. I've really enjoyed this podcast and I'm about to come on yours, but tell everybody out there how to find you and your podcast and yes. everything. Yes, okay, so you can come hang out with me on Instagram is like one of my biggest platforms, Big Kid Problems. You're not like an adult. You're a big kid. And that's just kind of like funny jokes I'm putting up every day. A lot of it has to do with motherhood, but a lot of it doesn't, you know, just kind of everyday shit that we go through in life. And then my podcast is Bottle Service with Big Kid Problems. And if, especially if you know anybody who's pregnant, the entire first half of the podcast is just a week by week of going through pregnancy. Um, we cover everything that's like going on in your body, what's happening to your baby for those those full 40 weeks of pregnancy. And then I'm in the postpartum season now going through all the fun stuff that comes with postpartum life. So definitely come find me there. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind-the-scene action. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.